Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info and odds. This is G. Hey Wiley from the Arash Marakazi Show telling you find all of the latest sports developments, including this week's odds for the Masters Championship and the start to the Major League Baseball season. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports sporting wagering needs, including live betting which is dangerous, but my favorite, and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so join today. Learn why everyone is saying bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on popular sports and games. Bet online, guys, where the game starts. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello, what a beautiful Friday, and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mighty Year 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. I'm joined, as always, by producer G. Hey Wiley. G. Hey, how are you doing on this glorious Friday? I am wonderful. I think I'm officially off the IR. So oh, that's I'm good. Doing, yeah, I'm doing really, really well. And it's Friday, Arash. It's Friday. You can't, you can't be Fridays, man. I don't, I don't care if you're working on a Friday or no. if, you, you know, if you're not. Friday is still Friday. It's great. Good times. It is. You have the weekend to look forward to, but we can't all 100% be here because as soon as you're here and healthy, Armani Buckets is not here. <laughs> Next week, we'll get everyone on the same page and hopefully, hopefully, and we're still working this out, maybe be doing the show uh, together in Las Vegas. But with all that said, speaking of Vegas, let's get to today's headlines brought to you by Circus Sports. <laughs> Well, the Dodgers are 9-3, and three, and the Padres are 9-5. and five. They're tied for the best record in baseball, and they're beginning um, three a three-game series in San Diego, or San Diego, That's today right. at Petco Park. The Padres will try to keep their four-game home win streak intact when the two NL West rivals meet for the first time this season. This looked like it could become baseball's next great rivalry two years ago, Arash, when they met in the NLDS. Do you think it can resume this season? I think it can. You know, when we first started doing the show back in like October of 2020 and they were meeting in the postseason, I said, this is the start of something big. This, these two teams will be going at it head to head for the division. They'll be meeting in the postseason. Last year, amazingly, it was the Giants. The Giants going head to head with the Dodgers for the division. The division, 107 wins, 106 wins. I mean, it was nuts. And then meeting up in the postseason, that could be the Padres. And I would love it to be the Padres. I I, I think that these are the two teams that I look at going head-to-head for the division this season. And this is such an exciting time for these two franchises. And again, you know, remember a year ago, we were at Petco Park when the Padres swept the Dodgers. And by the way, that was the high watermark for the uh, Padres. As soon as that series was over, they nosedived and they were not in contention and the Giants were. So um, I hope it's the beginning of something big. Uh, they've had a good start to their season. The Dodgers have as well, 9-3, and 9-5, and five, the uh, top two teams in my view right now. And so um, I do like the Dodgers, obviously, in this series. But the big picture here, I would love this to kind of reclaim its spot as being a potential great rivalry. Again, we, we expected that with the Dodgers going up against the Giants. I'd love to see that. Dodgers-Padres meeting up in the postseason, going head-to-head 
for the division. Yeah, it's on the trajectory to yeah. get there, right? I mean, I and I personally think that the Dodgers are going to do well, specifically because I will not be there. And I uh, yeah, we felt that we luck. were some bad luck. I mean, the fact that they got swept, which was absolutely ridiculous. We had an amazing time, and we both love Petco Park. And I think, despite our bad luck, we do have to figure out a way to go back to San Diego to go to a game there because it's just when you talk about the food and the atmosphere, it is a fantastic place to go watch a game. Well, yeah, I mean, like the fact that they're right in the middle, smack dab of downtown, yeah. is just phenomenal. And then that you can just literally hop, skip, and jump over to Petco Park. It's phenomenal. So the location I, is key. I really wish we had that in yeah. Los Angeles. You know, when you look at all, I mean, I guess the closest thing is Staples Center, and you can walk across the uh, street there. But you know, Dodger Stadium. It's just in the middle of a giant parking lot basically the same thing with like the Rose Bowl and the Coliseum like we don't have that you know hang out pre-game go to watch the game go grab a drink post-game like right next door so but I yeah mean, you gotta give props to at least SC is near downtown it is. and it's near some restaurants and near some some kind of bar situation but it's not but quite it's not the, same. the same you know and so yeah we will figure out a way to hop on that train and head down to San Diego at some point soon well guys I'm looking for the next headline. So sorry about that. <laughs> um, the Angels. Uh, here's the next headline. The Angels tied for the best record in the American League host the Baltimore Orioles, who, by the way, they can never get it together. I don't they know can't. what's up with that organization. Uh, but they host the Baltimore Orioles tonight to begin a three-game series. The Angels are 3-3 three and three at home and 8-4 and four overall. Angels hitters have a collective uh, four, um, 409 slugging percentage to rank fourth in the AL. Do you think the Angels can continue on their solid start this season now um, that they're home? It's kind of interesting, and I think so, yes. They really need to get some home fans there, and that home field advantage. It's kind of amazing that they went to Houston and had this success that they did, as you touched on, GK. Right now, they are 3-3 three and three at home, which means that they've had more success away from home. By the way, speaking of trains... If you live in Los Angeles and you do want to see Shohei Otani and Mike Trout and this team, it is such a convenient train ride. It it drops you off right there, right at the ballpark. So if you hop on the train at Union Station, and by the way, this holds true if you are in San Diego or live along that Pacific Surfliner. Um, and I tell people that just because... It is so incredible to have two transcendent talents being on the same team. Shohei Otani, what he's doing. If you can go to a game when he is the starting pitcher and he's going to bat leadoff, it is such a cool thing to see. And so I, I, I encourage people to do that a year ago, and I encourage you to do that now just because this is one of those things you're probably going to tell your kids about one day or if you are if you have kids. I mean, take your, your kids too. But yes, to your point, GA, they can continue it. They will continue it. I do like this team. I was thinking that this would finally be the year that they break their postseason streak of not making it into the postseason. Um, I this, mean, at least with the wild cards. Sorry to interrupt. At least, at no, least but 100%. Card. Now, with the way that the wild card is positioned and very smart of Major League Baseball to do that, because at the very least, you want these two guys, you want two of the best players to be playing meaningful games when the season is wrapping up come October you don't want these guys to be done so yes I do think that they make the postseason and it begins uh this season and and um I do like them to win tonight yeah no I mean first of all like I said in the beginning of this uh headline 
Baltimore's terrible, <laughs> to quote Charles Barkley. They're terrible. So, like, the, that organization just has so much to uh, to figure out. And the Angels are already on their way to figuring their stuff out right now um, by having Shohei Otani, by having Mike Trout, by, you know, at least finally working around these guys and helping yeah. them out, right? Giving them some giving them some pieces and helping them out. And yeah, so I mean and to be at home is also a great thing. I think unfortunately because it is spring, yeah. I, I think that that's not very helpful because kids are still in school and, mm-hmm. and that probably doesn't help as well as in the summer. Yeah. Uh it is a night game, yeah. I believe. And so yeah, you know, hopefully during the uh, summer kids can come out and yeah. and and really enjoy watching these two guys play and it is a great um environment for it kids is. like yeah. i mean no not knocking dodger stadium or anything like that but angels stadium it is a phenomenal place to bring your kids um a very bright and oh, yeah. entertaining environment and it's great beautiful. parking by the way too i yeah. mean you know not to compare the two and say one's better than the other <laughs> but yes in terms of bringing the family bringing the kids parking so much better over there <laughs> Well, they do have a lot more room out there. That's right. That's right. Um, well, Philip Deneau scored for the fifth straight game, and the Los Angeles Kings extended their lead for third place in the Pacific Division with a 4-1 and one win against the Chicago Blackhawks last night. The Kings have won three straight games to move five points ahead of the Vegas Golden Knights and two points of off of the uh, Edmonton Oilers for second place in the Pacific. What's your take on the Kings' chances in the postseason going into Saturday's game against the Anaheim Ducks? That's right. One more freeway series between uh, the uh, the Kings and the Ducks. So my brother says hi. He went to the game last night. Nice. Uh, very excited about that. I did not want to go because I've been bad luck. I mean, not only have the Kings lost when I've gone to games, they've been blown out. Like 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 you're talking six zero, six one, like blowout losses. So I decided not to go. I I may not go this season and just because I want the Kings to do well so very happy that the Kings won last night uh four to one I I mean not only are they in my opinion and stats or whatever they are a lock to make the postseason now GA only two points back of maybe being second and that really helps them in terms of their seating and who they may play in the first round so excited about the way that the Kings are closing out their season and this does in my view have a little bit of the feel of the 2012 team again i'm not saying that they're going to go from being a low seed to going on a stanley cup run but what they have going for them is they have players who are on that 2012 team dustin brown and Anje kopitar and justin quick and so they can have that conversation jonathan quick they can have that conversation with them and say hey listen we've been here before we got in on the last week of the season. We were a, a seven seed or like an eight seed or whatever. And, and, and once the postseason starts, you're zero and zero. So, GA, I mean, fun that we're going to be back in the postseason again. I, I'm excited to see the Kings back in playing playoff hockey. But the way that they're closing out the season, that's got to give you some confidence that they can maybe go on some kind of a run here. So it's giving me confidence for next season. I see. I don't know if it's really giving me... And the way that they're playing is phenomenal because I think nobody except for this team figured out that they were going to be here at this point in the season. So the way that they're playing, the way that those young kids are playing, and I'm going to keep saying this because... Everybody, and, and I'm not knocking veterans whatsoever. I'm not knocking Quick. I'm not knocking Brown. I'm not knocking any of those guys because they're phenomenal. They're great. They've been there before and they know what they're doing. But they're giving these kids a chance, right? They're giving the younger um, squad a chance to be able to make the playoffs and vie for them. 
right? Yeah. So they're they're doing a great, a heck of a job mm-hmm. with this young squad. So I I'm looking forward to what this squad's gonna do next year, and hopefully they pummel it, right? Oh, yeah. And they just they they crush the opposition because it's just gonna look it looks great for next next season. It looks great now. And by the way, you know season. that 2012 team, and we touched on it. They had a lose in the postseason the previous two years before they had their cup run. Yeah. Yeah, so I definitely think that's yeah. you got and you got to learn from your mistakes, right? You got to exactly. learn from all, all of that. So I think that's what they're doing. Well, Jalen Brunson scored 31 points, playing with a bruised back, and the Dallas Mavericks without the injured Luka Doncic. They beat the Utah Jazz 126 to 118 on Thursday night to take a two to one lead in the first round playoff series. Can the Mavs eliminate Utah without Luka? And if they do. How do you view Jazz coach Quinn Schneider, who is rumored to be a candidate for the Lakers' head coaching job? I was thinking about you last night, Jihei. I mean, Luka Doncic, I mean, they no team, in my view, previously to this series, like, I felt needed their star. I mean, there was no way in my mind that the Utah Jazz, sorry, that the Dallas Mavericks had a chance to beat the Utah Jazz without Luka Doncic. Not only are they, are they did they win last night, again, taking a 2-1 series lead, as you mentioned, 31 points from Jalen Brunson. So I think without a doubt that they can win this series really speaking to the fact utah just craps the bed in the postseason i mean look at not just historically like over the past couple of years but last year they were two wins away from the western conference finals going up against the clippers team that did not have Kawhi. literally like, like losing Kawhi during the course of the series so it's not like they were used to playing without Kawhi. And not only did they lose, Jay, they got blown out in that game six. And so, um, yes, I think the Mavericks, and I can't believe I'm saying this, can beat and eliminate the Jazz without Luka Doncic. And it does affect the way that I view Quinn Snyder. And I don't even know if Quinn wants this job. I, quite frankly, think he'll maybe be fired. I mean, I would listen, the Utah Jazz wants to do more than just win in the regular season. They want to have some postseason success, but so this would be a really bad loss. Yeah, I don't know if I really want to blame Quinn Schneider because he's got It's not his fault, there. but I mean, I, you do have to blame someone. And as we yeah. learned in sports and not just this season, like the quickest way, quickest solution, you got to fire the coach. Yeah, the unfortunate part is that Schneider's going to be the fallback guy. Sure. Right? Even though I really don't think that this is entirely his fault. I think that... I hate to say it. I guess I don't hate to say it because we're both not Utah Jazz fans. We grew yeah, up right. not liking Utah. Yeah. But, um, you know, like you said, they crap the bed. They're choking. They are. They're, they're not. It's not one of those things where, you know, they play their hearts out and they're doing so well. They're choking. Like, yeah. if you look at their stats, they're, they're not doing well. Um, and, yeah, I thought initially when the reports came out that Luka was at least going to miss two games, Oh, it's over. Well, you're thinking that they're going to fall down 2-0 in the series, but I mean, I mean yeah. this really gives this 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 team confidence and would not be shocked. You know, they were like my dark horse pick with Luka, but GA, like, I mean, if they're playing this way without Luka, and by the way, I mean, he's loving it, just watching him courtside, cheering his guys on. Um, they may go on a run here. I'm not saying I'm not saying that they're going to win the whole thing, but they could advance at least to the conference finals, which is an amazing run for a team that I was like, maybe they're a playoff team. I mean, the, the, what they're doing right now is incredible. Yeah, especially without their star player. Exactly. And that's un, unheard of, yeah. right? 
like imagine if if you had if you didn't have Steph Curry or something like exactly that. Go, like he's like the equivalent of that. Yeah. So, um, well, speaking of Steph Curry and Jordan Poole, they scored 27 points each. Klay Thompson made six three pointers on his way to 26 points, and the Warriors beat the Denver Nuggets 118 to 113 Thursday night to take a three and O lead in their playoff series. Is this series over? And do you think the Warriors are now the championship favorites? Well, according to Vegas, according to the odds makers, the Warriors are now the championship favorites, and it really speaks to the fact that they are 100% healthy, really, really, for the first time this entire season. I mean, they've, they've had moments where they've had some guys back, but, like, this is the first time, and it's perfect timing, right, that they're 100% healthy. Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Klay Thompson, and you they have they have a fourth star now. It's not KD, of course, but Jordan Poole, what he's done this year. I mean, the fact that he matched Steph Curry with the point total, 27 points. So they have that fourth star in my view and so they are the championship favorites i thought coming into the season that if they were 100 healthy they were the best team <clears throat> and now that that is happening right now and so and we'll touch on the suns momentarily but there's no doubt in my mind i mean they're about to sweep the nuggets i mean last night was the game listen when you fall down 2-0 in a series and game three is back on your home court that's the game that you have to have you can't fall down 3-0 the nuggets had a big lead they blew that lead they blew the game the series is over the uh warriors will sweep them and there's no doubt in my mind they are now the team to beat yeah amen bring out those brooms (laughs) bring out those brooms san francisco bring out those brooms open like all of you people from the bay enjoy Mm -hmm. this sweep for the first round um it looks great i mean this organization has always been a playoff contender they've always been a playoff contender even when they didn't have all of their stars they still you know as long as you don't have Steph Curry out of everything. It was, it, it was going to be hard for them to compete without Steph Curry. 100%. So, But what they did in that time period, Jihei, which was so big, you get a guy like a Jordan Poole. So, I mean, it's not like they... So, KD just left. KD yes. went to Brooklyn. But they knew when Klay Thompson was healthy, when Steph Curry was healthy, when Draymond Green was healthy, they had the core of a championship team. What they didn't know is that they were going to get a fourth star. And again, this kid is is a star. You know what? I think that they knew. I think that they just didn't think it was going to happen this quickly. Right? Sure, I, yeah. I, because, that's, because that's Golden State. That's, you know, that's Kerr being Kerr. Being like, you know what? This is, We're evaluating talent this particular way. These are the tools that we need in order to succeed and be a viable franchise to win a championship. What and a great draft what pick, though. Oh, you know, the phenomenal. 28th pick in the first round. And again, he went to a big-time school. It's not like he was like right. a, on a D2 school. But I don't think any, I mean, at least when I, I mean, hey, like I'm not the first one. He fell down to the 28th pick in the draft. But he, I mean, the way he's playing, he's playing right up there with Curry. I mean, sorry, uh, with uh, Curry. Mm -hmm. And just being a part of a locker room like that is huge, you know. No, definitely. And again, the culture that, you know, Steve Kerr has built and the the leadership that, you know, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green and Steph Curry have built um, in this organization you can't yeah. you can't buy stuff like that well i guess you can because they're on well, exactly that. but you can't buy stuff like that well devin booker has suffered a grade one right hamstring yeah. strain and could be out two to three weeks which would put booker's return during the uh this first round playoff series against the new orleans pelicans in question can the suns beat the pelicans without booker and do you still view them as a championship favorite if he's not 100 percent? yeah and so that's that's the big question i think they can beat the pelicans without him 
they are up 2-1 in the series. Uh, really puts them in a precarious position because if the Pelicans win uh, game four, obviously the series is 2-2 and we'll see where that goes. The problem here is I no longer view them as the championship favorites. Really, it's a two-part thing. I mean, the way that the Warriors are playing right now at full health, that's that changed my view. But if Devin Booker is going to be out for an extended period of time, and I don't think he will be. I think he'll, he will be out for this series. I think it'll go maybe seven. The Suns win in seven. But if Devin Booker is not 100% and being the player that he has been for this team, I don't think... They may not make it out of the second round. And at the very least, listen, this goes beyond just what's happening with the Suns. The way the Warriors are playing, if they are healthy, they are, in my view, without question, the team to beat. No, I, I 100% agree with you. I still think that they're viable, right? Yeah, I think they can get out of the Devin round, Booker has yes, to be healthy. 100%. Yeah. They, they definitely they need all of the pieces to sure. come together in order to be um to vie for a championship um, and be the favorites for the championship. So, I mean... I hate to say it, but Vegas is going to get it right again, right? Yeah. And I, I don't think that mo- moving forward, I don't think that we see them them going anywhere other than maybe to the second round. Yeah. M- I maybe. think they beat New Orleans, but depending on who they play in the second round, if here's a big question. If Devin Booker is not healthy, because I do think he's going to push himself to get back on the court. This is the playoffs. This is, you know, but it is amazing that a team that basically, in my view, made it all the way to, to the finals because of the players who were hurt whether it was the Lakers, whether it was the Nuggets, or whether it was the Clippers, now they have to deal with their star player being hurt. So we'll see how far they go. Um, All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we will be joined by our good friend, Michael Duarte from KNBC4 in Los Angeles, when we return right here on the Mightier 1090, ESPN Radio in Southern California, and The Fan in Las Vegas. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Are you paying down old credit card debt? I know I am. A personal loan could be your solution, guys. Loans usually come with a fixed monthly payments, making them a simple way to help pay off your credit cards. Plus, loans usually have lower interest rates than credit cards do, and Credit Karma can help you find the best option for yourself. Uh, Credit Karma uses your credit data to find loan offers that are personalized to you so you can have a better idea of what loan amount you are getting approved for. Credit Karma will even show you your chances of approval so you can choose between loan um, loan offers that you're more likely to get approved for and apply with more confidence. Comparing loan offers on Credit Karma is 100% free, won't affect your credit score, and could save you money. Ready to apply? Head to creditkarma.com slash loan offers to see personalized offers. Again, that's creditkarma.com slash loan offers to find the loan for you. That's creditkarma.com slash loan offers. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment or just want to win tickets to a future Kings or Galaxy game, call our hotline 310-400-0340. Okay, joining us now on the Circus Sports Guest Hotline, our good friend Michael Duarte from KNBC4 in Los Angeles. Michael, how are you? 
Go to Rosh. I'd like to go to a Kings game, perhaps one uh, in a little over a week or so, because I think it'll be a much more important game. Exactly. Playoff hockey for the first time in three years. We have not had playoff hockey. Kind of took it for granted there for a while when they won their two cups. But, uh, yeah, excited for playoff hockey. Uh, Michael, let's start here. Big series coming up in San Diego. The Dodgers-Padres. You know, a couple of years ago when you were in – I, wait, we're, 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 yeah, I think the series was in Texas. It was the Dodgers-Padres in the division series. We really felt that okay, this is the beginning of the next great great rivalry in baseball. Uh, didn't happen a year ago. It was Dodgers-Giants going at it for the division. Where do you see this rivalry now? Can the Padres once again kind of pick up where they left off two years ago in terms of you know them being right there with the Dodgers? Yeah, Rosh, and I have an unpopular opinion on this subject between the Dodgers and Padres, quote-unquote rivalry. Um, you know, could, could you call them rivals because they're in the same division? They're very close to each other, located in Southern California. Many of my friends who are players on the Dodgers like to take the Dreamliner train by via right. track down there to get down there so they don't got to waste uh, any gas with the prices they are now. So there are things like that. And there's hate between these two teams. Let's not get that wrong. And these games, at least over the last two seasons, uh, they just play with an intensity that burns like this, like like the Olympic torch, you know, the steady flame that can never be extinguished. But for me, and you might agree and attest to this, a rivalry of Rosh needs to be teams that meet often, that have both won <laughs> on each side, that have met in the playoffs, so there's actually stakes and things on the line. Uh, and, and that has only happened once between these teams in a long, long time, and that was in the 2020 uh, playoffs in the bubble in which the Dodgers swept the Padres. So to me, it's not quite a rivalry to that extent yet. It is the Dodgers-Giants, it is the Yankees and Red Sox, and everybody else is in the rear view watching these rivals. But to your point, I don't think the Dodgers see, see them as the rivalry that we just talked about, as you mentioned. I think the Padres do, and I think for the Padres and the Padres fans base, every time they play the Dodgers, it's like the World Series. Yeah. It's like 19 World Series games played over the season. And <laughs> the Padres actually got the best of the Dodgers last year, but we know all that matters is how they finished, and we know the Dodgers finished you know, in the wild card, uh, making a run again to the National League Championship Series, falling two wins shy of the World Series, and the Padres were on the outside looking in, uh, and they made a lot of moves and trade and bolstered their starting rotation to try to get back in that conversation again. So for the Padres, this series, this weekend in San Diego, for them, it's the first of three games of the World Series. And for the Dodgers, <laughs> just another series, they're going to go out there and they're going to try to win two or three. You know, that's always a home game for the Dodgers, Michael, as you know. I mean, the amount of Dodger fans, A, that like live in San Diego, but obviously, certainly when it's a weekend. I mean, this is a, that is the worst scenario, I think, for the Padres because there's going to be a ton of Dodger fans who are going to get on that Pacific Surfliner or make that drive and they're going to enjoy a weekend there in San Diego. It is a very much a home field advantage. Um, I've covered a few of those series. Your thoughts on that? I mean, and again, that happens. I mean, San Diego is really an extension of Los Angeles, and I know that they hate to hear that And our friends at 1090. But listen, there's a ton of Laker fans there, of course, Charger fans, but like Rams fans, Kings fans. Uh, your thoughts having covered many of those Dodgers Padres series at Petco Park? Yeah, exactly, Arash. You know, you nailed it. The Petco Park, we always call Dodger Stadium South. 
yeah. over the years because of all the Dodger fans that like to travel down there, especially you're talking about a weekend game where a team like uh, a fan group team like Panto 294 can get yeah. together and rent some of those luxury buses. I know they like to travel in and just, <laughs> I think they can do that. Now that, to, to counter your point as a counter argument there, I do have many friends who live in San Diego, were born and raised in San Diego. They have season tickets to the Padres. They are diehard Padres fans. And I would say those fans have come out more in the last couple of years uh, for this for these games. I have seen more Padres fans than Dodgers fans just in the last two seasons during these games where they play each other head-to-head. And so I still think that there's going to be a large contingent of Padres fans. I think what happens, Arash, is that when the Padres are bad, yeah. these season ticket holders sell their tickets because they don't really care and they want to start to make some of that money back. But uh, And when they when they are bad, and maybe even towards the tail end of last season, they did this. It was like pulling a gopher out of a hole to get these San Diego Padres fans to actually come to the game and go to their season tickets. This season, and, and especially having this series so early when the Padres are, I think they have nine wins. They're, they're also up there with the Dodgers. They're very good as well this year. I think you're going to see uh, some of the Padre fans hold on to those tickets and come. As long as the Padres will be good, I think less Dodger fans will be able to purchase tickets. But I'm going to expect 50-50, maybe 60-40 Dodgers fans for this series. That's you know, listen. If you're a Dodgers a fan, that's all you can hope for. I mean, in, in, in terms of this is a road game, but if it's a 50-50 crowd, that that, that that's a good thing. What what's been the biggest surprise for you so far this season? I've been really you know, I, the only concern I had is the pitching, and it, it, they that the, the pitching has been fantastic, certainly during the um, home series. Uh, what has been the biggest surprise to you so far? Yeah, great question. The biggest surprise to me, Arash, has actually been the play of Cody Bellinger. Yeah. He leads, he leads the team right now with six multi-hit games. He already has two home runs. Mookie Betts, I believe, has zero home runs. So those those stats that were seen from Cody Bellinger so early in the season when he looked absolutely lost during spring training, I think one stretch he had struck out uh, seven of 14 times without a hit in his first like 14 spring training at-bats. Uh, he he was tinkering with his swing seemingly every single spring training game. Uh, so that's not someone who looked comfortable at the box, that's not someone who looked confident, who knew what their approach and their attack was. And suddenly uh, we get into the regular season and he has a breakdown of the pitchers. He has a battle plan for what he wants to do when he steps into the box. And suddenly he's not darting to and fro and back and forth in the box like a dragonfly in summer, Rock. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's sitting there and he's poised and he's waiting for his pitch and he's delivering. So that's been the most pleasant surprise. I would also say to that, to, to your point about the starting pitching, the way that Andrew Heaney, who I know is back yeah. on the I.L. with some shoulder discomfort right now, but the way he's pitched for the first two games, the way Kershaw has pitched, uh, especially you know with that perfect game in Minnesota. So I, I think those are pleasant surprises. Uh, to your point, as far as what maybe is a concern, if you look at this team, I know you had talked about, we all thought maybe the starting rotation would be one. I didn't think the starting rotation would be a concern early. I thought once you start to see guys like what's happening with Andrew Haney go down and the depth really get tested, we're going to find out here as Tyler Anderson will now move into the starting rotation, which means they're just another injury or two away from, uh, you know, having rookies come up from, from, 
the minor leagues, like Andrew Jackson having yeah. to make some big time starts and stuff. And that's when it kind of gets more concerning when you got guys that haven't been on the stage before having to perform regularly every five days in the rotation. But so far, so good there. My biggest concern, to be honest with you, is the play of Mookie Betts. I believe he started the season seven for 40. I think he's now eight for 44. Uh, he only had one good hit. That was the single to lead off Wednesday's game, uh, the morning businessman special game <laughs> against the Braves. That That's the best swing I've seen him do so far this short, early season. And my concerns with Mookie Betts is just like, you know, this guy's a star. He's here for the next 10 plus years. And uh, he's been embraced by the fans like asleep and he's going to start to feel the pressure of being able to have to perform. He kind of struggled a little bit last season, in my opinion, especially in the playoffs. We know he had that nagging hip injury. He told yeah. me, he told me specifically in spring that that hip injury is behind him. It's completely gone. He did not opt for surgery on it though. He just kind of got a little procedure maybe to shave it down. So I'm wondering if that hip spur is bothering him. There's another part of his body that's bothering him right now because he just doesn't seem to look like the old Mookie Betts that we've come to know and love. Yeah, yeah, no, um, it, it's definitely been a so far disappointing season for Mookie for sure. Um, Michael, thank you so much again for uh, always joining us every Friday. It's always a pleasure. Um, do you see a sweep with the Dodgers and Padres this season or six season series? <laughs> what do you mean by that? Do you see them sweeping? So do you see the Dodgers sweeping the Padres this, um, d this particular series? Oh, do I, do I see them winning this particular series? Yeah. Mm, not so much, to be honest with you. And, and I look at like the starting rotation and the matchups that are going on um, this series. Uh, we, so, like, uh, oh, no, oh, okay. No, I'm back. Sorry yep. about that. No, no worries. No, so like I'm looking at some of the probable pitchers that, that we expect to see. And, and that's kind of where I go, Jihei, when it comes to uh, who I think is going to win a series. Julio Rios, Nick Martinez will be first up Friday night. You know, when people are listening to the show, they'll be able to see that. I think the Dodgers win that game. Uh, but then you have potentially Tyler Anderson, probably the one making the start on Saturday, his first start of the year. And he's going up against Hugh Darvish, who's always given the Dodgers problems when they faced him over the years, uh, especially being a former Dodger, obviously with some bad Dodger memories uh, failing twice in the World Series in 2017. Uh, costing the Dodgers a title, arguably, in that Game 7 that Arash and I watched from the yeah. reserve section uh, <laughs> together. So that's a game I could potentially see them lose, the middle game of that. And then you have a great matchup on Sunday between Clayton Kershaw and the newest San Diego Padre, Sean Manaya, a guy who has been phenomenal with the A's in his young career and a guy that Dodgers fans wanted to see the Dodgers trade for to get. And it's unfortunately the Padres, who actually didn't need the starting pitching, who go out and get Sean Manaya. So that's going to be a great rubber match if it goes down the way I think it is, which is Dodgers win game one, Padres win game two, and then the rubber matches two lefties in Kershaw and Sean Manaya. That's going to be a great, great matchup. So that that's to answer your question, GA in a long-winded way. Um, no, I don't I don't see them sweeping this series. And, you know, it's possible down the road, depending on what happens, they'll sweep a different series. And I don't think the season series will be a sweep, obviously. Uh, that's 19 games if this doesn't happen. But uh, I do think and believe that the Dodgers can and will win the season series this year, whether that's 10-9 or 11-8, something like that, something close. But I do see them winning the season series this year, unlike what they were able to do last year. But, you know, these, like I said to both of you, these games just mean so much for the Padres. Yeah. Um, they get up for them. This is, this is their first three of three World Series games of 19 this season. So uh, I don't 
see uh, the Dodgers being able to sweep this weekend, but it should be a fun series. Uh, this is a general question as a fellow USC Trojans. The uh, spring game is on Saturday. I'm thinking of actually going. I have not gone in quite some time. Generally speaking, these games are like flag football, two-hand touch. According to Lincoln Riley, that will not be the case this year. It's going to be on national television, so you'll be able to watch it where, I mean, if you're in Philadelphia, if you're in New York, wherever. So um, are you excited, Michael Duarte, about USC football this season? Yeah, Rush, I'm going to admit that I am not going to be at that spring game uh, as I'm out of town this weekend. And, man, I'm kicking myself that I'm going to miss it. Because, and you can you can attest to this as well, even back in the Pete Carroll era when we had spring games. And the spring game was exciting sometimes. It was a glimpse at sometimes of a new quarterback that yeah. we got to see over the years, you know. But this time especially with the fanfare going on, especially that's nationally televised. And did you see what USC put out as far as uh, their spring game lineup and stuff to look like the Coachella Flyers? I saw the- that. <laughs> yeah. That, that was smart, you know, because, like, the kids obviously, like, love Coachella. So if you can make it just more than just about the game, if you can make it, like, a festival, a football festival, that would be fantastic. Exactly. And they have, like, the pear style, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, in the desert, the Coachella desert, with the porch lit. <laughs> Uh, it says pregame, which would be like day one at Coachella, in-game day <laughs> two, post-game day three. Yeah. It has the lineup. It's great. But here's the crazy thing. They have food trucks going on all day. They have carnival games. They have a bounce house. They have tattoos going on. They have a giveaway. Um, like you said, they're going to be playing. They have DJs. The, the Rams DJ is going to be performing during the game, they're giving out posters, T-shirts. They are turning this spring game <laughs> into a real event. Yeah. And now I am. It, now it's like FOMO, right? I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I have severe USC spring game FOMO, and yeah. I've never had that before. And all I can say is that what Lincoln Riley has done here, and what USC, to their credit, has done here, is made this like what the spring games are in the SEC. Like you don't hear about spring game you know in the middle of the country you don't hear about the spring game for Syracuse or something but we always hear about Alabama's spring game yeah. we always hear about Georgia's spring game and LSU's spring game and Ohio State's spring game so the fact that USC is having this game televised they're making this a whole event a day a festival they're trying to get fans out and get excited to watch their own team scrimmage each other to me that is just phenomenal so yeah I got severe FOMO that I'm not going to be there but I'm excited that that they're turning this into an event and really, really making this something that fans want to go to. So, Michael, I'm watching this Utah Jazz Dallas Mavericks series only because I, I keep hearing Quinn Snyder is a contender or one of the, you know, candidates for coach of the Lakers. When you think of who that they should hire, I mean, first of all, if 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 the Mavericks without Luka Doncic figure out a way to beat the Jazz, I mean, the Jazz at this point will be known as a team that cannot win come postseason. And I don't know if Quinn Snyder at that point you could realistically hire him because he he has not had postseason success. Generally speaking, I mean, who would you like to have as the next coach of this team? Would he have to have had? a championship under his belt like Nick Nurse? Would it have to be... I mean, what what are the qualities, what are the traits for the next head coach? Yeah, great question. And, you know, unfortunately, the qualities and traits that we would have wanted to see in the next head coach, we saw in guys like Monty Williams, yeah. who 
you know, a coach of the year winner now and, and has the number one seed, the number one record, and, and has the Suns poised to make another run back to the NBA Finals. That was a guy the Lakers could have had mm-hmm. and could have had, in my opinion, relatively easily and cheaply, and they didn't get him. Then they could have gone out and got Ty Lue. Uh, and I think there was some thoughts maybe with Lakers brass and with Ty Lue that, you know, potentially maybe his success was tied to the fact that he was coaching LeBron James in Cleveland. And we hadn't seen him be a head coach somewhere else to see that if he could replicate that same success uh, with another club that's his own that doesn't have, you know, arguably the greatest player of all time on that roster. But what we've seen him do with the Clippers, and more specifically, Arash, what we've seen him do with the Clippers when they are shorthanded, when they are void of stars, like a starless night sky, uh, you know, in the middle of a city somewhere, when you don't have Kawhi Leonard, when you don't have Paul George, to be able to get your team into the play-in tournament, to be able to get them playing well, with a, a bunch of young guys, let's be honest, and a couple of veterans around him, what he's been able to do with those teams has also been impressive. And you missed out on that guy. And let's go back to, to that past history, Arash, and remember why the Lakers did not sign Monty Williams and were not able to come to terms with Ty Lue. That was because the rumors and the reports out there were that they were insisting that Jason Kidd be on the staff, that Jason yeah. Kidd be an assistant coach. And Ty Lue and some other guys were like, why are you picking my assistants for me? Well, that decision, and arguably you could say it was a good decision because Jason Kidd didn't become a distraction like we thought. He wasn't, you know, little finger from Game of Thrones, you know, <laughs> ready to backstab Frank Vogel and, and take over the, the top spot at any moment. But arguably, Jason Kidd would have been the perfect heir to the Lakers' head coaching throne, but you allow him to leave and go to Dallas, and now Jason Kidd has his team in the playoffs, and you mentioned the Utah Jazz. Uh, Dallas Mavericks are the team beating the Utah Jets. Yeah. They're the team, Jason Kidd, without his star in Luka Doncic, which is even more remarkable, is playing better and outcoaching Quinn Snyder, a guy who's on that Lakers short list that we just talked about. So that would have been the guy, and you let him go. So now, to your point, for as far as the Lakers' next head coach, what's out there? We would love to say we want a guy like Phil Jackson who's going to come in with 11 champions. Yeah, that's not going to happen. That, that guy just doesn't <laughs> yeah. exist. Right, that guy just doesn't exist out mm-hmm. there. So you now go to the second plan B, which is like if we were creating an NFL draft board, which I know you'll be at a rock yeah. in Las Vegas next weekend. You know, you go to best available. You know, if you can't have the guy you want, then you go to best available. And right now, best available uh, is probably Mark Jackson. That's probably why he's the favorite now, the betting favorite according to Las Vegas odds. But for me, watching these playoffs, I really like Nick Nurse. No, oh, no doubt about yeah. it. And this is a situation where both of these guys could become available. And I'm talking about Quinn Snyder and Nick Nurse because both of their teams right now are struggling in the playoffs. They're on the precipice of getting bounced in the first round. Yes, they're still under contract. Uh, in the case of Quinn Snyder, he might be negotiating an extension of some sort. But Nick already signed one uh, in the offseason. But Nick Nurse, the Toronto Raptors head coach, you know, I believe he was coaching in, in England uh, before. Uh, he's, he's coached internationally on the stage. He coached in England before taking over the Raptors. He was seen as a very progressive guy who yeah. had a very unique, interesting offense. So I like those aspects about him. He won a title and beat the, the, the dominant and uh, just, uh, you know, dynasty team of the Golden State Warriors with Kevin Durant and Steph Curry and yeah. Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. And, and now we see when that team is whole, even without Kevin Durant, how good they are. They're up 3-0 on the Nuggets in their playoff series. So 
the fact that he was able to beat them, yeah. I know there was injuries involved, but to beat them with Kawhi Leonard, he has that championship pedigree. He's been able to yeah. do more with less, and he's able to do more with these Raptors teams that have lost all their stars, including Kyle Lowry. So to me, uh, you know, you could argue the point, okay, they're not winning, same as Quinn Snyder, but for me right now, it's Nick Nurse yeah. 1 and, and Quinn Snyder 2. No doubt about that. All right, Michael, thank you so much. You're the best. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again on Monday. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.